You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I want to welcome you to a new series here. We're talking about resisting the devil. We're going to be on this for 20 different episodes, and I hope you will join me for every one of these. Um, We're going to go ahead and go to our text scripture. It's the uh, book of James chapter 4. It's probably a verse you've heard many, many times. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, We haven't gotten into the context here of what James said in the whole chapter. We will get into that because it does have a bearing on our study. But for today, I want to just point out a couple of things. That's this. The Old Testament believer never received any kind of directive like this at all. Never received such a directive. This is something that was unique to the New Testament. There's not one place in all of the Old Testament where we see any believer rebuking Satan. Uh, The devil was certainly active against God's people, but they were never told to rebuke him personally. Now, it's important to understand some things about rebukes. You don't rebuke just anybody. Rebukes only come when a superior is speaking to a person of lesser authority or to a subordinate. For instance, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1, this is the King James Version, Paul writes and says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. Now, what is Paul saying here? He's saying because you are not superior to an elder in life experience or in authority, you never rebuke him. He, he may have done something wrong. He may be worthy of some kind of correction, but if you are under him or less experienced than him, your response to him is an entreaty, a, a pleading, a very polite uh, 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 request. That's what this would be. You would not rebuke him. Now, if the person was under you, one of your children, a teenager, something like that, uh, maybe even a younger employee, a rebuke may be in order, but it wouldn't be in order if you're not in superior place to the person receiving the rebuke. Michael the archangel himself did not rail against Satan. This says to me something about the ranking of the angels and about Michael as it pertained to Satan or to Lucifer as he was known before. Before he fell, obviously, Lucifer must have been on the same level as Michael. Now, one of the things I've learned over the years in studying Scripture is that you can tell something about the numbers that are used in Scripture. For instance, uh, three is the number of the Godhead, of the Trinity. It's a perfect number. It's a perfect number because it cannot be divided by another whole number and produce a whole number. Now, four would not be a perfect number because you can divide it by two and come up with two. But three is not such a number. Therefore, it's perfect, as is five and as is seven. These are perfect numbers, and they are associated with the things of God. Three is the number of the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. 
there are two angels named in Scripture other than Lucifer, or I'm sorry, other than Gabriel, uh, I'm sorry, other than Lucifer, uh, the three angels in total, let me get this straight. So you've got Lucifer, you've got Gabriel, and you've got Michael. For this reason, it's my opinion that Lucifer was on the same level as Michael, and Michael did not rebuke him when there was a conflict regarding the body of Moses. Let me read from Jude 9. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses. So when Moses died, Satan contested the body of Moses and uh, was laying claim to it and probably would have wanted the people of Israel to find the body of Moses, which would have kept them from going on into the promised land, which uh, would have been an object of worship. They revered Moses so much, and it was the best that they didn't know where he was buried. So he disputed about the body of Moses, and he dared not. Now, now he, he doesn't say he preferred not. He says he dared not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So he was sent on a mission from God, and he passed on the rebuke that the Lord said, but he didn't say, I rebuke you. He says, the Lord rebuke you. Now, in the scriptures, in the New Testament, it's not appropriate for us to say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. I know that may sound honorable, but we are in a place to rebuke Satan. And I'll explain that as we get further into this teaching. Uh, Michael said it because he was not in a superior position to Lucifer at the time. Uh, this honor code about not rebuking or the way you handle people and handle respect and honor, you see it very strongly in the way that David reacted uh, to King Saul. I'm going to read a lengthy uh, context here. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 1. We'll begin reading with verse 1, so let's go ahead and get started. Now it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David had returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites, and David had stayed two days in Ziklag, on the third day, behold, it happened then a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. So it was when he came to David that he fell to the ground and prostrated himself. So this man is showing great honor to David. David said to him, where have you come from? So he said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. Then said David to him, how did the matter go? Please tell me. And he answered, The people have fled from the battle. Many of the people are fallen and dead, and Saul and Jonathan his son are dead also. So David said to the young man who told him, How do you know that Saul and Jonathan his son are dead? The young man who told him said, As I happened by chance to be on Mount Gilboa, there was Saul, leaning on his spear. And indeed the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. Now when he looked behind him, he saw me and called to me, and I answered, Here I am. And he said to me, Who are you? So I answered him, I am an Amalekite. He said to me again, Please stand over me and kill me, for anguish has come upon me, but my life still remains in me. So I stood over him and killed him, because I was sure he could not live after he had fallen. 
And I took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord. And no doubt this young man had hoped that David would honor him for this. He didn't realize what he'd done. Therefore, David took hold of his own clothes and tore them. And so did all the men who were with him. This is a sign of grief. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan, his son, and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. Then David said to the young man who told him, Where are you from? And he answered, I am the son of an alien, an Amalekite. And so David said to him, How was it you were not afraid to put forth your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of the young men and said, Go near and execute him. And he struck him so that he died. So David said to him, Your blood is on your own head, for your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. Now, what I want you to see from this is David had a tremendous regard for people who were put into place by God. He honored Saul, not because Saul was a good man, not because Saul was righteous. Saul was an unrighteous man. He was not a good man. He had tried to kill David on a number of occasions and had other people killed who were totally innocent. But David refused to be Saul's executioner. He felt that it would be wrong for him to be the person to take Saul out. And in that, he was right. Now, this young foreigner certainly had no responsibility nor right to execute Saul. And so David was very harsh with him. I'm bringing all of this out because I want to show you how God thinks. God sets forth his attitudes and his ideas in these narratives. And what we see is that God does not smile on people rebuking where they have no authority. Now, we see that very, very clearly. When Satan needed to be dealt with in the Old Testament, there was no one who was in a position of superiority to rebuke him, no human being. And that's why you see no human being ever rebuking the devil. Now, when the devil was dealt with, God dealt with him on behalf of his people. And I want to read to you a couple of places here in the book of Exodus chapter 14. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-hi-horot between Migdal and the sea opposite Baal-Zephon, and you shall camp before it by the sea. So there where the children of Israel would cross the Red Sea, there was a peak called Baal-Zephon. This place was named the Lord of the North, and it was a mountain that was sacred to Baal and those who worshipped him. This is where God chose to have the Israelites cross the Red Sea. Let me read verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them, being the children of Israel, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, all his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-ha-hirot and before Baal-zephon. 
This was a death blow to the spirits of darkness that had worked against the children of Israel, had worked to keep them in bondage in Egypt under the hand of Pharaoh, and this is where Pharaoh's power was broken. No, Satan was not defeated here fully like he would be at Calvary, but this was a symbol of his coming defeat at Calvary. And it was God who did this, not Moses. God led the children of Israel to this place, and on their behalf, he defeated Satan. And so this is a picture of what God is going to do for the New Testament believer, for those who believe on Jesus. Therefore, in the Old Testament, no one had that place of superiority with which to rebuke the devil directly. It's all the time I have for this lesson, but stay tuned for tomorrow because I'll explain more then. See ya. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.